Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Bad Batch Report. Boom, boom, intrigue and development. <laughs> there you go, kids. That is uh, Ken's electronica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. some just some drums and the word intrigue being shouted. You can dance to that if you sped it up. 
being dragged. Exactly. There's a lot of intrigue we're going to be discussing. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. The person making mouth music is Ken Nabsock, and we are going to discuss episode 14, season two of The Bad Batch. This one is entitled Tipping Point. Written by uh, head writer Jennifer Corbett and story editor Matt Machenovitz, directed by Saul Ruiz. Hey, Matt Machenovitz, still credited as story editor. We can yeah. tell we are getting toward the big finale of uh, this episode uh, aired by itself. And then the final two episodes, episode 15 and 16, are airing together on the same night. One big finale at the same time as The Mandalorian. So uh, <laughs> we're really heading into end game here you and i i think uh, have probably had um our weirdest viewing experience here we have said Mm -hmm. this entire season we're extremely lucky to have screeners we are lucky to have screeners and in particular for us we really want to give bad batch its full due so it's been great to have the screeners so -hmm. we can watch these episodes ahead we can record the episodes ahead and then come wednesday uh when we're doing mandalorian it's it's all mando all day but we still covered the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. But as we mentioned last week, our screeners timed out on Sunday, March 12th. Yeah. So I watched this. I watched it twice. I gave it my full attention. Uh, but there was also some intrigue in that I had to really race. I think I finished my notes on this episode at 8.59. Is it timed out <laughs> at 9 a.m.? So I admit that is, I want to be honest, that's part of my viewing experience was Man, I'm loving this show. I'm loving Mando, but it's it's a lot at once when we want to cover it as deeply as we want to. Yeah, I think we're both in the same spot. I, I, we just try to be honest and set the table, and, and a lot of times it's sharing the fun of the midnight experience. And and uh, uh, I was a lot going on this episode. There might be a detail to or miss. I got to be honest with you all here. But uh, the other thing too, um, you know, there's never in the time where I'm like too much Star Wars and stop. But Bad Batch. I'm just such a champion for the show, but particularly this season. It's just been so great. It's moved me. It's affected me. And and I really want Bad Batch to get its due. So sometimes it's uh, that that's what disappoints me more than too much Star Wars or screeners timed out. All those things you and I are being honest about. It's just at the end of the day, it's like, oh, this is a great show. I just want to talk about it more. Yeah. And, and I, I am glad that it exists, you know, on <laughs> Disney Plus that it isn't it's just sort of a broadcast. And if you want to buy the DVDs, I'm glad that we live in this different <laughs> era so that even if, if people are missing it, maybe not giving the, the, their entire attention that it can be discovered because the whole show has been great, but I think season two has been particularly phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was really uh, excited to be able to watch this. I did, the, my first viewing was Saturday morning. I was like, I got one more chance to have a Saturday morning cartoon yeah. and I had a, a fist um, pumping and nail biting breakfast. That was my experience. Parts of this episode, like, all right. And parts of this episode, we're like, oh no. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, what was your overall reaction? You love this episode, like it, struggle with it. Uh, any any uh, other <laughs> ways you experienced it emotionally? Where'd you go? No, I, I really loved it a lot. This is an episode that starts uh, putting some pieces on the board. You hear that in episodes ones and twos of seasons. The pieces are on the board, but this is uh, the board's been out for a bit. And uh, this episode really did a good job of saying, hey, we got this stuff we're dealing with. We're moving forward. And we got this big, giant decision that Crosshair has made. And we're going to talk about that. But uh, I I love to I've just loved how they've handled that, um, that uh, the the the. The guy I, I keep saying this entire season could have been 
crosshair nipping at the heels of the Bad Batch. It, it wasn't. It was different. And 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 I, and I like how it's all kind of coming to a head. Yeah. And, and I really did like from the Bad Batch's perspective, too, what, what one of the things that gives this episode power is like they made their pitch to, to crosshair, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, a couple different times. But really on Kamino, it's like, look, look, the Empire doesn't care about you. They're just leaving you here while they blow up the planet. You're really not going to come with us? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I really like that the Bad Batch has been so separated from Crosshair and it's allowed him to have these amazing solo episodes. And now it's all coming together uh, mm. in, in this episode, which I did. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it felt like a narratively necessary episode, which isn't isn't bad. It's just that I think functionally they needed to put all the pieces in place to head into the big two episode finale. Mm. So it couldn't be as dialed in as specific uh, mm-hmm. As much of a tone poem as some of the, the greats of this season, to me, the Solitary Clone, the Crossing, the Entombed, the Outpost, even last week's episode, Pabu, I, I think they really benefited from being this, like, we are really laser focused on this experience, this mood. This one had mm-hmm. to to widen out a little bit to set everything up. No, I like I like that. I like that description of it there. That makes sense. I think you some of the Crosshair stuff in this episode is... Um earned by the stuff that's come before, right? The time that we got to take before. Yeah, that really made us feel what all the other characters were feeling, and including including Echo. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I liked about this episode is it made all of season two come into full focus in a lot of ways for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had talked a couple episodes before about realizing how much I was just so purely, deeply rooting for the clones and, and having that realization that there's been this path that attacked the clones. We didn't know them yet. And they were kind of a symbol of the, the failure, failure to stop the war. Then the Clone Wars animated series, we we get to know them and we love them and we do root for them. But we're also like, too bad you're pawns and you don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the, the Bad Batch show is the, they know the deal. And now we get to just absolutely root for them. This episode, I really felt that again as we as we were checking in on different clones with different missions, different perspectives, and they're all coming together and kind of rooting for all of them. But the other thing it made me really think is about the the Bad Batch show itself, where season one is definitely about the clones, it's definitely about the Bad Batch. But you and I often described it in our discussions as the we're getting to know the bad batch but the bad batch is also taking us the audience on a tour of the horrors of the empire mm-hmm. and now season two if season one was oh well this is our new reality how we're going to function in it the empire is real bad season two by this episode has to me come to the head of this is the clones versus the empire mm-hmm. now we fully know that you threw us out. Now we fully know and acknowledge in that mid-season episode with Palpatine of like, he's always a step ahead of us. He's always using us. He's going to keep being a step ahead of us. We got a real big challenge here. And you know what? It's us against the Empire. You know, and especially that now with them being drummed out of service and vilified by Palpatine, there's this kind of thrill that finally the clones are, you know, not being used by the Empire. They're not trying to cling to the Empire. They're turning around and and just (laughs) two big clone middle fingers up. It's us (laughs) versus the Empire, you know? Fight for the brothers and sisters. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love that. Love that. Yeah. Um, So I'm I'm interested to see how that plays out in the the finale. Um, 
I also just really appreciated, even though that this episode didn't feel necessarily as specific of a dialed in tone poem, uh, that it also did demonstrate just the great clockwork construction of the whole show. But this season, how well built it is when you look at the number of elements and ideas and plot lines that have been seeded that had started coming together in this episode. Things as small as, you know, in the first episodes, Tech was training Omega. We're back to Tech training Omega. Uh, We're dealing with the possibility of Crosshair finally siding with the Bad Batch. Uh, Mm -hmm. What is the true nature of Rex and Echo's mission? What are they about right now? We're uh, checking Mm -hmm. back in with the rescued clone Gregor and Hauser who, who, you know, stood strong against the empire in the Hera episodes. Uh, the big picture question of the bad batch, are they more than soldiers uh, gets discussed, not just metaphorically, but literally all these ideas from, from big to small are coming together in this episode, which really impressed me. Yeah. That, that ain't hard. That, that, that ain't easy to do. It's hard. And, and to have uh, this great writing team, uh, we, we shout out Mike, uh, Matt, excuse me, Matt McChenovich every, every week is the story editor, editor. Uh, it, 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 this is, uh, it's been done so wonderfully. I, I, that's why I love this season. I love the first season, but this one, uh, it's just, it, it's hitting all the notes for me. Yeah. And, uh, in building themes that are, they're returning to musically. Uh, we talked about a little bit in our previous episode about episode 13, Pabu, that just the existence of Pabu, the existence of somewhere where the Bad Batch could be a part of a community made uh, both of us a little concerned about a, a there not being a season three, that this is Endgame. Uh, also, we should really note, we're recording this uh, a week, more than a week ahead of the release of this episode. So there might be announcements and you might be able to uh, laugh at us. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm, yeah. Fools from the past, if there's more knowledge by the time this is released. Did this episode with all of these threads coming together make you continue to feel like there's a possibility that we're heading toward putting a bow on this part of the Bad Batches story and that there there won't be a season three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, it, it's it's kind of a roll call of of uh, things not, not yet coming to end in terms of story, but Crosshair's making a, a big decision. Again, we haven't spent a ton of time with him. And so you might feel like you're not, that it was rushed in a way. And I don't, I don't think that. I'm just saying I've seen other other times in other properties and other shows where like, Oh wow, you, you, this what's crosshair going to do hangs over you for a long time. And then you're like, Oh, he does this. He sends a message. Oh, well that, that got solved. Okay. But the story's not over here, but that's one of the things where it's like, we didn't waste any time with it. I like that. I don't know if that's for everybody. Uh, there is, we're heading towards this summit. There's this thing of that. Uh, there's the conversations about the empire. A hunter doesn't think the empire can be defeated. Uh, and echoes answers about that. I think are key uh, that we, Looking back, um, we said it last week, but this, this isn't a gathering of all-stars. Gunji's not here. Cody's not here. We have two episodes. They could all show up, but it's not necessarily like that, and that might have not been the purpose. Gunji's off doing what he's doing now. Um, Cody, we don't know yet. Uh, there could be more. Uh, you know, Young Losing Rail isn't showing up here, and and, and all that would be fine, but the, the, this show was asking different questions uh, is a, is a distinct possibility than than all of us maybe thought two seasons ago at the beginning. Yeah, and, and uh, like I said, maybe it's already been announced, and we all know uh, by the time this episode drops, and and there is a Bad Batch uh, panel at Celebration, and boy, do I hope that's an announcement of season three because I can definitely see the story continuing. Right, mm-hmm. um, 
but it is also making sense to me that this is a show about the clones discovering the full truth of what the Clone Wars was, what the Republic was under Palpatine, uh, what it's become, and them getting to truly have absolutely full agency of deciding who they want to be and what they believe in and what is right for clones. I think that's part of what I was responding to of it feeling, yeah, they're heading to a summit. That's, you know, definitely mm-hmm. big end game stuff. The, the, the crosshair question feels like it is being answered in terms of at least his, his eyes finally opening up to the empire. Um, still mm-hmm. plenty of questions of exactly how, what his fate is going to be, but it's starting to feel like, yep, this is a show about the clones stepping into their full agency mm-hmm. and, you know, we can end it with uh, the Bad Batch staring off into the horizon and leave the possibility for other stories open down the line. Yeah. And I, look, I know the big one hanging is, is Omega, right? Omega's place in it. Um, uh, relations to Boba Fett, Jago Fett, mm-hmm. uh, Tan, well, not Tanway, but La, Lamasu and, and uh, all this. And we still, at the time of this recording, have two more big giant episodes to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not suggesting this isn't an insider tip, nothing. I just, I, I, I see, especially the Pabu episode and, and come up with some of the things said in this episode, I see that there's a, an emotional ending that possibly exists that might leave some of your answers uh, unanswered, unfortunately. Yeah, no, uh, totally agreed. Totally agreed. We're coming back to Nalase. We're coming back to Camino in, in this finale, I would imagine. Not Camino, but the idea of Camino. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with that in mind, that that the horrible possibility of, of Endgame, uh, what was the big theme of this episode to you? What ideas were at stake in this episode? I went to one really big idea here. I wrote down this idea of, is that all you are? But I, I put it down. Uh, you got a lot of talk about Bad Batch and, the, and their roots. You got... Uh, Rex and, and Echo kind of uh, redefining what they're doing out here in the galaxy and, and, and the purpose of it there. But Crosshair, Crosshair time and time again being faced with this truth that, you, you know, your Imperial property and the clones are, 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 are called that property. And, and what are you? And, and he was always a good soldier and he, and he sees it and, and all these things that have, you know, you said the eyes open, so to speak, he's wake up, uh, he wakes up and then just this, the, there's, there's knowing what you are, there's being happy with what you are, and then maybe asking, is this all you are? And I think that's some of the stuff going here. And sometimes the answer is uh, yes, or sometimes the answer is, yeah, no, this is where I am right now. This is who I am right now. I think some of that's going on with the bad batch. But I think in terms of Crosshair, of, uh, there wasn't this, there isn't this tearful, like, what have I done type of vibe with me in this episode. It's just like, you know, he knows the connections. The connections are strong. And is this all I am? Just a good soldier that, uh, you know, lets his friends get killed, uh, let the, lets them get hunted down. No, that's not all I, uh, who I am. Uh, and, and he takes a step forward in that. And yeah, I know. I, I, I agree with, I agree with you. And I'm excited to discuss, you know, even more about Crosshair's decision, but I think a part of Crosshair's decision in his eyes being open are, uh, that the truth, he can't look away from the truth of the empire. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when Hemlock, <laughs> <laughs> the least trustworthy person imaginable. If if somebody <laughs> with one black glove whispers that I can have my freedom, mm-hmm. I'm not believing them. Uh, yeah. Joke a little bit about some of these sort of uh, pulp signifiers of, of who his character is. But I think from Crosshair's perspective, the experience of the solitary clone, the experience of the episode, the outpost, yeah. he finally gets it that there's no amount of being a good soldier mm-hmm. where the Empire is going to treat him uh, with respect. So I think he's looking at Hemlock and be like, you're not going to give me my freedom. 
You know, right. you, 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 you can't BS me anymore. I'm not buying it. I know what the empire is now and I'm not kidding myself anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And this is not all that I am. Yep. I, no, I really agree with that. I think that's a really great way to phrase it. Uh, I could not think of a better way to phrase it. So I, I wrote down clones matter and I really don't mean that as like a, 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 a mm-hmm. cheap joke. Um, I really mean it as an essential statement of our lives have value. Um, yeah. And I think that is, that's to me what, what tied all of the, the elements of this story together. There's definitely like plot machinery of getting everybody pointed in the same direction for the, the big climax and the, in the, what's going to happen at the summit that we hear about mm-hmm. from Tarkin. Uh, but each story seemed to me to reflect a really strong belief that, yeah, of course we have value and we're going to fight for it. Um, mm-hmm. The clone story has always been a push and pull between their inherent value as sentient beings and pawns of Palpatine, right? We, yeah. we meet them and attack the clones as they are pawns that Palpatine has successfully put in place to make war in inevitability. Um, then we get the counterpoint in the first broadcast episode of the Clone Wars ambush where Yoda really takes time to tell them that you are, you are unique beings in the force. You have inherent value. Tons of storytelling in the Clone Wars emanates from that truth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the audience's bond with the clones emanates from that truth. And it gets challenged in this episode, as you're saying, of uh, Crosshair saying, you know, really confidently and maybe even with some, some pride in his uh, former squad mates about Omega, they'll, they'll never turn her over Mm -hmm. and Hemlock saying they don't have a choice. She is a clone and therefore Imperial property uh, as you highlighted. So there's the, the Imperial perspective of no, your, your property to be shuffled around, used, thrown away, experimented on, you know, whatever we want, you're, you're our property. Mm -hmm. And then uh, every, every one of those, the main three threads are about our hero characters. And I would include Crosshair in that at this Mm -hmm. point Mm -hmm. as uh, statements of value and like you raising their question of their ultimate fate. Where are we going to end up? You know, what are we going to be? Um, I think getting to see Rex and Echo's mission in full bloom of, yeah, it is not a rebellion. This isn't the story <laughs> of how they hooked up with a uh, Luthan and saw maybe it will be down the line. Could be but right yeah. now. It's zeroed in on, the, the empire is is too big too everywhere the galaxy is too shattered the jedi are gone not even all our brothers are on board yet with what's happening to them mm-hmm. it zeroed in just on clones matter rescuing clones right uh yeah i think you and i are both really affected by this brief exchange between hunter and echo mm-hmm. where echo seems very like militant he's going to keep out out there fighting and and hunter says you know hey you've seen how how, how powerful they are you can't defeat them and Echo lays it out very clearly. It's not about that. It's about fighting for our brothers, right? Yeah. Um, great tie into Echo's life experience where, you know, he was he was left behind and, and people mm-hmm. cared about him and rescued him. So he's not going to leave anybody behind. That's beautiful. That's great. But it's this real theme statement, kind of Echo looking at the television and going, <laughs> this yeah. show isn't about us joining the rebellion. It's mm-hmm. about the clones doing right by the clones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's about the whole show, but it's also about this episode that to me, it really lays out. That's what we're talking about. This episode. We're not talking about liberating Kashyyyk. Sadly, mm-hmm. we're talking about our brothers. Yeah. And, and I think in, 
especially the way you and I talk about Star Wars and, and it can easily be applied to the real world. And, and, and that's what we do. And we're always going to do that, but there also going to be a danger in that. Don't take it always one for one. I think, I think this is this, there isn't this shrug. There's nothing you can do by it. It's everything you're saying. There, there's a matter of, it's what we talked about the Pabu episode last week. Uh, a wave will find you. Uh, and sometimes it's, 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 it's the value is saving those around you and preserving the community there. Uh, this is a check in on your friends type of episode for me. Uh, and there, it always, the big picture is mine. And all that to say, look where I guess spoilers for no one who's watched rebels for people who've watched rebels, but um, you know, look where, look where Rex and, and Gregor go. Right. Mm-hmm. They're, they, they don't meet them. As a cell, there. There's little, the kind of Rex has to be brought back into the fold, right? They're mm-hmm. they're they're off. I, I'll even say kind of hiding. Um, so there's a lot a lot of years between these two stories. A lot of adventures to have. I keep joking. Maybe there's a Rex and Echo spinoff adventure series, and maybe they do um, find it. But but this episode, one of the big themes also for me was was groups needing to connect together. And connection is something we always talk about. We've talked about with Bad Batch. Talked about with Pabu. But also that highlights to me. There's a there's a feeling hunters maybe saying expressing that hey there's too much we're, we're alone so there's a, a need to connect an importance uh, behind the idea of, of connecting and all these cells later on might learn that lesson and but but right now we're not there in the story yeah no I I really agree with you I think there is a a sense of of connection and yeah I I don't like I said last episode I think Star Wars often plays the beat of the the. The hero's journey uh, moment of the hero resisting the call. You know, Luke Skywalker saying it's all so far away from here. Ray being convinced that she can't really leave uh, Jakku. Uh, mm-hmm. lot, lots of beats like that throughout stories. Han Solo trying to run away from the fight. All those things. I, that's not what's what's happening here. This feels to me like the fight is too big to just launch into. It's mm. suicide to just like take uh, 15 clones and the network we've built up and you know we're, we're gonna go take Coruscant like we're not it's mm-hmm. it's not gonna happen and it, it's not gonna happen right now so mm-hmm. we are choosing to control what we can control we're choosing to fight what we can fight for now and and for me it's it's something that's important to me is that finding that balance between mm-hmm. your immediate needs in in helping others I think I think that you you shouldn't be selfish, but you also need to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. be there for yourself and be there for your immediate community so you can be strong enough to help others. There's mm-hmm. that th- thin line to me between like saying like, I can never help anybody else because I'm working on myself. Right, right, right. But I also just kind of feel like in the big picture, what's happening here is they're saying our brothers are in immediate trouble. We'll rescue them and, mm-hmm. and then we'll see what's next. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Um. I think th- these ideas that we're talking about uh, of the value of clones, the question of their fate, the question of their inherent, uh, you know, value, what, what are they going to be that you're talking about, I think is also highlighted in, you know, what's going on with Hauser, right? We saw him stand up to the empire and his prison experience seems like all the Imperial ex- <laughs> prison experiences. Not great. Uh, <laughs> he's got that one line where he says, I don't know how long we were in that prison. I went in with eight of my men. Only three survived. You know, mm-hmm. we can uh, talk some some cannon. We can talk some Narkina Five there later on. But for me, like the big picture is like uh, th- they they are being treated horribly, right? Yeah. Um, I think having Senator Chuchi there and, and picking up that thread from the middle of the season, 
Love that. Uh, that, you know, Chuchi was the one who was like, yeah, Omega pointing out that uh, why don't the clones have representation? I'm going to fight for them, you know, to have a full retirement package. Uh, mm-hmm. You and I talked about there's the ambiguity of, hey, did that all go away when Palpatine kind of blamed them uh, for the mm-hmm. destruction of Kamino? So we don't know exactly what's going on with that, but we do know that Chuchi is still there. Pantorn guards in the background, mm-hmm. hunkered down with Rex and Echo, trying to make a difference, trying to say, you're humans, you're veterans, uh, you you should not be detained in Imperial Mystery Prisons. Yeah. You know, the, the amount of caring and valuing of clone clones is, is so apparent for Senator Chuchi. Yeah, yeah, the great connection again, putting all the pieces on the board. I guess you could say, but but um, answering the question of they're still fighting for me. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's the the perspective from the Rex and Echo thread, and then there's this the thread of the Bad Batch, where you know you can look at the Bad Batch in this episode and go, well, they're just having a great time. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there's that question of there's explicitly ideas about the bad batches value in this episode. You know, it mm-hmm. isn't just we check in on them and there's some fun comedy beats. Mm. Everything is about this idea of they have value and it is you're phrasing it, you know, who or what do they want to be? Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're watching, you know, them help rebuild lower Pabu. Shep, uh, there's some fun, fun comedy with Wrecker and, and Shep explicitly says to Hunter, he's become an integral part of this community you all have right yeah it, it supports this idea that they have value as soldiers but they have value in lots of ways and that they deserve to be a part of a community they deserve a peaceful existence a uh, hunter makes it even more explicit uh, when ship asks him if he'd consider if they'd consider staying long term and he says you know for soldiers putting down roots is an occupational hazard and and ship just just says it right out there in the sunlight. Is that all you are, soldiers? Mm-hmm. How did you feel about those um, examples of Bad Batch's value being re- reflected in their experiences on Pabu? It, it might be a real personal take on it. Um, uh, that was kind of the exchange that drove my my entire mindset on the theme of this episode of, of Shep's not saying, well, what you were was bad. What was you were was something you could even help. Um Finding yourself in that, uh, your own, the search for identity is something that's big in Star Wars. But now is a period of change. Now there's perhaps a new normal in front of you. And and do you want to stop there? Do you want to stop there or find your place in the next chapter of the story? They're not just passing through. They might have thought, ah, we'll stick around and build here for a little bit. But look what's happened in the time that we uh, were apart between these episodes, uh, however long it was. You know, records, uh, you know, laughing as he fishes and uh, they're using everything they need. And, 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 and they're, they're not just staying at an Airbnb. In my, in my head. <laughs> and, and that's a big uh, change being such a you know, key thing uh, in, in Star Wars and, and the choice, the choices that change might bring to you. And, and do you want to stop there? Is that all you are? Isn't necessarily a uh, soldier in this case, soldiers bad or, you know who you are as a person like, yes you know you know who you are there is that where you want to stop is is big with me and and Shep really kind of uh summed it all up with, with, a, with a challenging question which is okay yeah 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 and I, I i think one of the other meaningful lines to me in this is hunter saying you know to be honest it might be the best thing for us yeah uh, about about staying there when he's talking with echo asked hunter about are you guys are you guys staying here indefinitely 
and there's it's it's a great delivery because there's just like a lot of emotion into it in it, and I just really feel everything that Hunter has been through, right? Of he's like, well, we have these skills. Uh, I guess we should use them to survive. Uh, but I don't want to, you know, break my own moral code and and go in with Sid. I keep having to break mm. uh, my moral code, and yeah, we could be out there fighting. But if we are, is 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 that then Omega's entire life, right? And it goes back to Hunter looking yes. with that the Wookiee Elder at, at you know o- Omega and and Gunji uh, bending down at the tree and being like they should just be kids, right? Mm-hmm. So you almost get this sense of a little bit of push and pull between Hunters. Like, well, maybe if I was just a loner, I'd be you know m- y- mm-hmm. you know you have my knife, Echo. Let's go fight, right? So but mm-hmm. it's part of a squad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the sort the sort of dad, the ultimate dad of dads within the squad of like, mm-hmm. this is what's good. This is what this is what we need. We we haven't found any place better. We can use our abilities. We can be part of a community. Omega can be a child. So I, lo- I love this. Uh, this is somewhere I don't I don't have this in my notes right now. You just maybe you maybe think of this too of like even this is a, a personal thing for me of like all through the season I've expressed like is Hunter there yet? Is he grabbing his his blaster and saying it's time to kick the Empire's ass? Let's go. I've been waiting for that. Right? There's a couple. Mm-hmm. There's almost a point of frustration. Ah, here we go again. Here we go again. And Echo leaves. And Echo and I know we didn't spend a ton of time with Echo in the Bad Batch, especially season one. I know that's something you and I said. I know that was something that uh, was mm-hmm. on your heart of hey, make a little more Echo time. And again, I'm joking. Maybe we get an Echo Rex spinoff. I don't know. But I love that if you kind of follow the story and everything you kind of explain, now it makes some sort of sense that that wasn't right for them as a team, them as a situation. And all those moments of him trying to figure out the best way to um, give Omega the life she deserves. There's some training. There's I'm going to protect you. Maybe he's overprotective. We've gone through all that, that she becomes part of the team. She finally gets a helmet. All those kind of things that we've been uh, following along the way. For him to come to the realization that, that 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 life has sent us this way, and this is where we need to be now, because this is how we can help, and we're not shutting ourselves off. We've said last week they could leave Papu, go do something else, and then have Echo kind of come back, and 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 it isn't like Echo's like I got I got some people to join the fight. It's like I got some people who can help right now, and I think that all tracks for me as an interesting development that I wasn't expecting and maybe not even wanting because I wanted the let's go kick the empire's ass. There's never more than 12. I wanted that vibe. And Hunter's not going to deliver that vibe because he's not there right now. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe he will someday. And maybe, maybe, you know, this would be a tale where, you know, they're clearly going to keep uh, mm-hmm. teaching Omega. And that, that has been central in these last couple episodes, yeah. right? Of like, <laughs> Of uh, Fee saying like she is getting really skilled. She's she's a great soldier. You've made her a great soldier. You're still training her. I don't I don't think Hunter's ever going to stop training her. Right. <laughs> Once she's got piling you down, it's going to be time to learn tracking. You know. Um, so the, it could be also like Omega gets to be you know sixteen and says I want to go out there and Hunter's like okay then we will. You know. Yeah. You're an adult now and it's your choice. Uh, I know I can't keep you safe forever, but but you are my priority. You are what needs defending. Yeah. 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 And, and a lot of this I'm saying is just, it's like, I wonder, I wonder where we're going. I wonder where we could go. And, and, and uh, I wasn't expected to be at this point. Right. Where the yeah. show was. Again. And, and it's so, and so when you and I discuss real world, this isn't a, um, uh, you know, just stay on your Island and don't get involved. That's not what's at play here. No, but there is also, no, I, I really agree with that. I think that sometimes it, it is about, it starts small. It starts, you mm-hmm. know, you, you can't, 
um, uh, I'm trying to think of the way I want to say this. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I have, I have lived in neighborhoods that need people to, to stay there to survive. Yes. And if everybody just <laughs> runs off to have their big adventure, rather than being there for the people in the community immediately around you, there is value in that too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel bad that I kept calling her the Wookiee elder. So I looked it up. It's Yana. Yana. I didn't yeah, have yeah. her name. Yana is the Wookiee elder. Uh, yeah. I think the other interesting thing with the bad batch that the, the our, our main squad there, Wrecker, Omega tech um, are left in this really interesting question mark we get the feeling I think as an audience of like, of course they're going to go get involved because you know, that's the, the, the movement of storytelling. Um, but the way they're conflicted about crosshair, the way that they learn, like he's in the Imperial prison and, and we're pretty sure he was trying to warn us, Mm. but he could also, it could also be a trap kind of really set up this, like, what will they risk to bring Crosshair home, right? I think that to me was a part of the point of, mm-hmm. of okay, Pabu works. And hey, if if Echo needs help, that's that's a no-brainer. We'll, we'll go help. We'll go help Echo. Mm-hmm. Do we risk everything we have here to help Crosshair? You know, that's a just a classic Star Wars. Like, we want him back. We want him to be seeing the light. Can mm-hmm. we trust it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> The last, the last shot of the season, maybe series, is crosshair on the beach, and just Hunter goes, "You can stay if you want." <laughs> uh, that would be that would be pretty amazing. Nice peaceful shot of crosshair like bullseyeing fish from the tower. Toothpick <laughs> in his mouth. Okay. How big of a fish do you want? Yeah. 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 Um, let's talk about crosshair. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's the Rex and Echo thread, there's the core Bad Batch thread, and then there's the Crosshair thread, which is, you know, a lot of the actual, you know, time of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I really thought this was an episode where we talked a ton in the outpost about him finally realizing the Empire's never going to value value me. I'm clinging to something that it hates me. I'm clinging mm-hmm. to something that wants me dead. Mm-hmm. Uh And finally has that, like, I have value. I have just the fact that I'm alive and I exist means I have value. Um, Then I think this was a a next step in him caring about all clones, right? I mean, yeah, certainly that epiphany was coming out of his relationship with Mayday. So there's a a value, value of a a Mm -hmm. fellow soldier, of a fellow sentient being in Mayday. But I thought it was really interesting that, um, when he gets taken out of his individual cell, Crosshair seems affected by seeing all the other clones in the cells. He almost stops mm-hmm. to talk to one, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. And the trooper's like, come on, keep moving, right? Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, cold, I'm doing my mission, a soldier's a good soldier, a mission's a mission. Mm-hmm. That's like, it, 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 it really is like, Crosshair has been revolutionized, right? Uh, yeah. That uh, he's like, oh, wait, wait, no. The entire galaxy has got, the, the Empire has their boot on the neck of my kind of clones, right? Yeah. Uh, and there's also this assumption that he's in this for selfish reasons. There's both Hemlock and in, Amiri in, uh, uh, Kerr, Gar mm-hmm. there, um, assume he wants to get away for himself. And there's nothing, you know, them saying there's no escape, the hounds will find you in minutes. There's nothing in his, his escape that suggests he's trying to get any farther than warn, warning the Correct. bad batch, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, and so we see an episode where 
Crosshair is motivated, seems to care about other clones, and is motivated entirely by protecting Omega. How did what did you think about all that? Uh, fascinating stuff here. I apologize as I go down another maybe uh, real life personal. I'll disguise it with Star Wars uh, discussion point here. Uh, I first of all, you're hundred percent right. That was to me. Escape could have been a nice bonus, an ice cream after the meal. I don't think there was any part of him that it was. I must warn. I must warn. What I in hearing you talk about this, here's go go with me here. There, there's something with the crosshair thing that connects with me. Um, he he had his identity, a good soldier. Good sol- soldier follows orders. That's what we do. We're doing our job. He's going on this journey. We've seen it. The journey. And we haven't spent a ton of time with crosshair this year. I know, but we get to this point where where you said he's jo- revolutionized. He joined the revolution. It was it was this real simple, intimate uh, kind of thing of have you ever run into a life where you, you you maybe have someone in your life, you know someone, maybe it was you, who you you identify with certain things, maybe certain groups, maybe certain identities, but it doesn't seem to line up with your heart. And that sometimes takes a while. And sometimes it takes uh, something tragic. Sometimes it takes something in your face. Sometimes it takes something that you experience personally to go, you know, what I thought I was does not line with my spirit. And and that drives you forward to make that kind of change, the change that yeah, that he's he's doing, Rec- saving his friends, and 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 that's and that's something that the connection was there, uh, the connection was broken, but that doesn't, to me, doesn't mean that deep down Crosshair didn't kind of just think, I think I've done wrong, and I think I still love him, and I think I still have a connection, and all the stuff around me, all these trappings that I've surrounded myself with, don't really reflect me, and now I have to decide to act on that because now I'm in that position. I'm revolutionized in the heart. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really agree with you. I, and I, I think that's uh, well said, beautiful. And it's amazing to see how far he's come just this season, right? Mm-hmm. Of he's, He has seemed like lonely, right? Of mm-hmm. isolated. Nobody will sit with him. He, he has a bond with Cody, but then Cody sees the truth and Cody leaves. He, mm-hmm. he really sees himself in Mayday and, and, you know, comes out of his shell. You know, explosive emotion from Crosshair is going, <laughs> and Mayday yeah. got that out of him, right? So there is that mm-hmm. sense that he needs connection. He wants connection. He's clinging to something that doesn't work, that doesn't mm-hmm. want him. And in his clinging to that, he pushed away all these other possibilities of connection, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to see him finally wake up to that is is mm-hmm. powerful. And wake up that. I mean, great, great Star Wars theme, great real life thing. I, I believe that that we're we're in this together, and what happens to one person in, in many ways happens to us all. Um, mm-hmm. And there, there's no amount of kind of going his own way that's going to stop the same fate finding him. Uh, yeah, and, and it gets highlighted right when when Hemlock has that very you know uh, dark side. Everybody's out for themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't get the problem here. You know, um, why are you being, I'm offering you your freedom. I know you're selfish. We all are. <laughs> What's the problem? Yeah, and and he, he says about Omega, she means nothing to you. And, and I really do think that Crosshair isn't like, he doesn't have, you know, a, a little picture of Omega on his wall. He's not like missing <laughs> Omega, right? It's more that, that concept that everybody has value in, in who, who the hell is this piece of bleep, uh, this mm-hmm. piece of dank ferric to take mm-hmm. away Omega's agency, to use her as a pawn, you know, to attack his brothers, to get to her. No. Who who the hell is he to do that? It, it's, it's, it, I, I think it, it is an image of, of Crosshair saying, 
everybody has all the clones have value and i and and he would do this mm-hmm. maybe not for every other clone but but it isn't necessarily about omega it's about the truth that she has inherent value yeah it, yeah no and the overall picture and it's closer to home and and this is why like um maybe i can't fully find the words to explain it but like you could have done the crosshair thing differently all through this season. And the fact that maybe we're heading towards a crosshair redemption of any kind, and I don't know what happens. Maybe he lives, maybe he dies. Maybe, I don't know. It's not a shock to me, right? Going back to even episode one of season one, like, ah, crosshair kind of, eh, eh. they'll, they'll, they'll come together. Not a surprise to me, but how you get there is important. And you could have done this episode again, him chasing them. You could have done a moment where he does the, you know, the blaster fire that saves them. Right. And suddenly you have this, Oh, you know, he throws the emperor down the shaft, all that kind of stuff. But it, 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 it's a, this episode came across as a smaller beat and an episode full of action and tension and all these big themes. It, it, it's very personal. What you're describing to me is very personal um, that, that is, he's experiencing. It maybe comes clo- too close to home, but he sees it. And this is this season and this show being about the clones and clones identity. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm struggling to explain it, but I, I was moved by this choice. Yeah. And, and the journey's been on. And we have two more episodes, and who knows? But he warns them. He warns them. Crosshair's choice has been made. Yeah, his, his choice has been made. Yeah, and, he, and, and, and I don't think there's any version of Crosshair is like, and then I'll capture them and get back on the good side of like, no. Yeah. You know, and maybe there is a picture. I'm excited to see where Crosshair goes. Maybe there is a picture where he's like, I, I can't change. I need to be a soldier. I realize yeah. the Empire is the enemy, and I can be a soldier for the bad batch i can be a soldier for omega i can be a soldier for all clones everywhere yes. but i can't just go sit on pabu i'm not i i have to be a soldier i can't change that much you know that that could be an interesting story mm-hmm. for crosshair absolutely it's like trying to get me to a 9 a.m meeting it's not who i am <laughs> not where i'm gonna be um I like your office yeah no no and joking but yeah it's um i think you're right there about he, he you know he that's who he is that's his part in the fight yeah. Maybe he'll show up and maybe he is around, he's the one around the corner on Endor. <laughs> that would be very interesting. I think Han and Han and uh, Crosshair could have a whole conversation just grunting at one another. That'd be great to see. Um, so I also wanted to look at it sort of from the Imperial side. Um, uh, obviously it's pretty straightforward. They, uh, uh, treat them as property, uh, clearly to be experimented on like uh, rats in a cage and, and ultimately eliminated <laughs> super, mm-hmm. super scary mm-hmm. conversation between Hemlock and, and Tarkin, uh, or Hemlock says simply decommissioning problematic clones will not eliminate the threat. Um, right. so it, it was definitely the counterpoint to the clones having inherent value, getting to choose who they want to be, all those things. But it continued to be me, the, this story of uh, sort of unnatural control that that I really fixated on in the the Zillow Baby episode. Um, this continues to be the story of the Empire of Palpatine of the dark side. Hemlock is this totally creepy uh, manifestation of it of trying to control nature itself, trying to control other sentient beings. The whole story that the clones were invented as a pawn, and now they got all this identity and the face tattoos, but I really felt like that was brought out in this episode, you know, again, where mm. where Hemlock thinks he can control Crosshair, and, and mm. like, Hemlock's confusion to me is, like, palpable, of like, well, I tried mm-hmm. logic. I tried torture. I tried a mm. manip- emotional manipulation. And I, I, 
I can't control you. Uh, and even at the end, he's still convinced he can, right? And he says, let's see mm-hmm. how long until you break. Uh, and the, the final shot of the episode is is a flash to Emery Kerr. And uh, it almost felt like she was maybe like not having like a total like, I'm going to be a good guy now. Uh, but, you know, Crosshair mm-hmm. spared her life. He stunned her. And the, mm-hmm. the episode ending on her, it felt like me that like in her mind she was going i'm not sure he's gonna break i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm not sure this is how this turns out like you Mm. can round them up you can imprison them you can torture them but i'm not sure at the end of the day that you can control them the way you think you can interesting i like that yeah no i thought yeah poignant ending yeah no there's some there's there's just this simple reoccurring theme in the dark side right they never, they never allow for any thoughts of empathy, any thoughts of compassion, right? Just time and time again, you want me to hate, but I won't. You want yeah. me to kill my father, but I won't. Yeah. And the dark side is always like record scratch. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, but, but selfishness, mm-hmm. come on, right? Your freedom. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, so I thought that was fascinating to Hemlock's, all these attempts and, and, you yeah. know, I, I obviously, uh, redemption is a complex topic in Star Wars. Crosshair did just brutally and cold blood shoot down somebody that uh, Cody had just mm-hmm. negotiated a, a truce with, uh, yeah. you know? Uh, so it's not like uh, all is forgiven Crosshair in my mind, but I did still find myself absolutely rooting for Crosshair and that kind of fun, like, you think you can break Crosshair. Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and, and yeah, and, and again, it's often, like, I, I get tired of the, the Darth Vader, you know, at the end conversation, but he did all these things. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a myth. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we are complicated. Yes. If, if Anakin survived and went back to the New Republic, maybe there'd be some discussions. Uh, yes. I totally get that. Same with the Kylo stuff, but um, it, it's what you take from it here. And, and uh, I am absolutely rooting for crosshair at this point. Yeah. Yeah. To make, for him to go forward, making, making better decisions. I, I also mm. thought it was really, um, great to underline the the themes of the the clones value and the in the themes of the empire always in the dark side always being mystified when they can't control something mm-hmm. uh you know tarkin master strategist manipulator talking to hemlock who has the same vibe and uh saying hey uh, i suspect the leak came from a rogue element of clones within our ranks which we know it did because echo has said we've got clone contacts yeah. in still inside the empire but tarkin goes on to say a growing number have been questioning their orders mm. and that's to me where the moment we're like this like yep you think you can just uh, like like uh, leia says to tarkin you know the the more you, you tighten your fist the more star systems will slip through your fingers and like the more you tighten your fist the more clones are going to slip through your fingers they're questioning their orders uh, mm-hmm. because of this obsession with control yeah, which ties back to literally episode one, right? When the good soldier mm-hmm. follow orders things was kind of put into play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Any other uh, big picture thoughts? No, I, I think we hit all of them. Also, I'll admit, you know, uh, maybe I forgot one because it's been a couple weeks for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go back to that. But but no, no, we got all the big ones. And, and again, I, I love when Star Wars... Um, hits me or at least can, uh, you know, put things out there that, that have a real personal touch to them. And I thought the core of this episode really did. Yeah. Yeah. It, for me, it's, it's bittersweet and brutal because lot, lots of uh, bad things are happening. It's a bad time in the galaxy, uh, but it is also just sort of fist pumping because it's these, these people making choices to fight for one another and kind of making choices to stand up for this just 
absolute truth that we all have inherent value. I think it, that that's why I'm really resonating with like, this is the culmination of the clone story. You know, mm-hmm. they're not pawns. They're not tools. They're not property. They are unique beings in the force and they matter. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it is, it is powerful to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my, my only other thing I'll say is it, it th- this episode did have some like great, action and some great darkness and some mood uh, predators circling on a cold prison planet crosshairs mm-hmm. awful torture <laughs> contrasted with like records i went fishing <laughs> yeah. 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 it drove it home drove it home. Yeah. all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we will be back to discuss action comedy canon all that great stuff back in a moment 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we are back to continue our discussion of episode 14, season two of The Bad Batch, Tipping Point. Lots of things are tipping. Uh, let's talk about action. There are some great action beats in this episode. What did you enjoy, Ken? Well, look, obviously the opening rescue is where we're going to go to first. And, you know, uh, as, as, as deep as we can get, as personal as we can get, I, I also want to remind folks, man, do I love pew, pew, pew. I love a good <laughs> ship rescue, that leech vessel swinging off and attaching and Mm. Uh, tension behind it. Uh, I could highlight individual moments, but it's just the whole thing. A good old fashioned rescue. Come on. That's fun. It pulled me in right from the start. Yeah, I, I really agree. That was, we haven't seen it as much, you know, space action uh, mm. this season. So it was great to have that classic Star Wars action. And, and I, you know, you, I could almost hear the classic Star Wars theme of, mm. you know, flying into action. Cause here, here we're, Oh, you know, the heroes, Rex and Echo, uh, you know, rescuing prisoners detained on a mystery prison, being taken to a place to be experimented on for ambiguous, yeah. creepy reasons. No reason not to root for Rex and Echo and seeing Gregor there <laughs> with his bonkers voice. Yeah, um, it was great. And then, yeah, the whole the leech maneuver. Uh, distracting them from with the main ship docking that the the leech was docking as well. That mm -hmm. was also just really uh, you know drove home the like, yeah okay you can drum us out and you can you know kind of twist the arms of you know uh, seventeen year olds across the galaxy to have to become stormtroopers, but uh, they don't got what we got. You know yeah. the the clone ingenuity and experience you could feel in this action scene. Yeah yeah absolutely yeah love that. Love that. Uh, in, the, the only actual individual beat I wrote down is uh, I noticed the second time there's one stormtrooper that they stun and he flies back and hits the door control and opens it for them. <laughs> hey, good strategy. See, clones are all about strategy, right? Mm -hmm. um, I did enjoy the the crosshairs escape. Uh, the the shooting the trooper kind of behind his back was a great moment. How did you feel about the actual action of crosshairs escape? Well, again, Crosshair's, he's so darn good. I and mean, we got to see it in display in the last episode he was in with Mayday. And, um, you know, again, there's this moment of, of like, all right, is he out, right? Does he show back up? Is he on Pabu? I found you. Hey, by the way, I got a message. No. Um, so I like where they went with it. I like the, you know, you described and he, he goes kind of back into captivity there. Um, so it was, uh, it was, it was fun to root, even though it was a tragic ending. So nothing specific, but just, uh, I like Crosshair in action. I, 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 I think Crosshair, you know, He's done some bad things again. I'm not rooting for him or not forgiving him right away, but um, I think he's a cool cat. Yeah. And it was, it was uh, affecting to see him. I think normally he would, you know, uh, whistle and walk through that uh, facility, taking people out. No problem. Right. Yeah. But to see how much he's hurting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is, is pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, last action. It's an action beat. It's a comedy beat. Hey, it, it's, it, it cleans windows and you can eat it. Uh, it's great. Um, Where's the floor wax? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Omega doing the tech turn, right? Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just, it, I mean, it was, it was, you know, mostly comedy, but it's still, that that move is really cool and it was fun to see Omega master it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, we will head into comedy then, if you're ready to go there. Comedy, whimsy, weirdness. What do you got there? Well, let, let's go right back to the tech turn thing. I, it was just so well played and such a, you know, the continued development of, of tech as, as a character. And I almost expect him to be like when he's like, I, I, I kind of like that. You know, I am making a joke or something like that. He's just like that he finally, you know, gets it. He's playing along a little bit more or something like that. But also, I love that this uh, fully rounded and fully functional character is like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Name it after me. Yeah. No, I really took that as like actual um, mm-hmm. development, right? Of yeah. uh, he he tells her the maneuver in this very technical, precise way, which is mm-hmm. his way. And Omega says, the tech turn and is really excited about it. <laughs> and you get the tech joke of that is not what it is called. Mm-hmm. And then it really does seem like a choice of, but I rather like it. And, and you almost get the sense like if he'd had more time, he would have, you know, looked up Nick nicknames on, da- on the data pad like <laughs> i understand that it is sometimes uh, official things can be referred to in an informal manner that celebrates the inventor and i yeah. accept this you know <laughs> absolutely and, and again again from right racing on like it's a tech kind of going i am not just this i'm also i'm a cool fighter pilot i don't know a little bit of that for me yeah i know it, it was it was a great a great comedy beat, but also, you know, in, in continuing development yeah. of, uh, of everybody. And, and Omega's just infectious excitement. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Um, yeah, no, she's always the best. Yeah. So what are some other moments for you? Uh, I, uh, the, all right, so record fishing. I, I, I think I accidentally highlighted this a bit early, but uh, yeah, I uh, just enjoy uh, the pure joy. Wrecker's my guy in so many ways. He's more joyful than I am. I'm a little more crosshair, actually, in terms of... Mm, but uh, just watching him work and just finding, you know, we talked about it last week about the, the batch finding their purposes or finding different parts of their personalities and just being given what they maybe need, even if they didn't know they need that. I saw to see Wrecker in that moment full of whimsy, a little comedy, but a lot of whimsy. Yeah. And just that sense that everybody knows Wrecker, everybody likes Wrecker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, everybody has a right to decide how they want their skills to be used. Right. I mm-hmm. think um, I, in my life, have encountered tall people who are like, don't just ask me to get things off of all, you know, high mm-hmm. shelves. I, I'm more than my height. And I've met other tall people like, I love getting things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Ricker's got that vibe of like, do you need a strong guy to do a strong guy thing? Great. <laughs> and oh, that uh, he's got the, the huge fish and they're like, Hey, I think what is it? What is it? Like, uh, we're trying to hold up the retaining walls. And he's like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Finally. Yeah. yeah. So that, that whole vibe of like, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's a full day for record. Just doing strong guy things for people is yeah, awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, uh, I did like the, this crosshair moment. Uh, I don't know if it's quite counts for whimsy, but it made me laugh of, uh, Emery Carr. I keep saying Kerr and Carr. It's mm-hmm. in Carr. Uh, and she says, good morning, Crosshair. How are you feeling? <laughs> and he says, what's it to you? Like, so good. So good. Love that there. Uh, yeah. yeah, I want to highlight, uh, um, you know, when Echo shows up, the pure joy uh, in in that uh, Omega greeting Echo, just reminding, uh, reminding me of who she is in this group. She's this big ray of sunshine, one that is – you want to protect, but you also want to shine out into the galaxy. And I just thought that whole sequence, the anticipation and uh, echoes back. And even like, I even like echo goat. It wasn't that long, but it, <laughs> it, it felt like it. It felt like it. And that, that just, uh, she's such a wonderful um, character. I agree with you. Just your Rhea sunshine. I, I wrote down just what she's so delighted to 
contact him when when they're mm-hmm. out you know practicing in the marauder and realize echo's coming in and, and havoc five to havoc four yeah yeah <laughs> it's like it's functional she's part of the squad that's the call sign but she also sounds like a you know kid playing on a walkie-talkie you know yeah yeah totally totally yeah okay. last thing for me um it's a, it's a quick shot, uh, but, you know, we're, we're focused on Omega running off of the Marauder to to greet Echo, and, mm-hmm. and Tech has that little dazed stumble as he walks off the Marauder, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Not not as much comedy and whimsy, right? Because uh, a lot of it was, uh, yeah. that, you know, torture um, and threats. Uh, let's talk about the canon and the lore connections to other stories, unless you have anything else you want no, to share. No, no, no. Go for it. Go for it. That's okay. Clone let's, names to get to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got some clone names to get to. We got some Tarkin. Uh, Tarkin mm-hmm. featured in the very beginning of the Bad Batch show. Mm-hmm. I love that he's not the villain, but just pops up as is kind of one of the next mm-hmm. levels up from <laughs> uh, the Imperials that we meet. So here, here's my, it's great to see Tarkin, and we could just say mm-hmm. canon connection, Tarkin. But uh, I'm curious, how much does he know? We still don't know exactly what's going on at Mount Tantus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Nala Say had the really ominous line of like, I won't help you because I know what Palpatine is trying to do and I'm not going to help him. And that could be as simple as, hey, he's doing a bunch of experiments on clones and on beasts, yeah. on anything he can find so he can make better armor, so he can so he can conquer everything, so he can destroy other places like Camino, so he can own everything. It could be as simple as that. Or Nala Say, with a much deeper understanding, can be like, he's trying to clone himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not helping with that. So to me, I think that is still a little open for interpretation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what mm-hmm. what do you think Tarkin knows about what is specifically going on at that facility? What Hemlock's goal is? Because they want Nala to do something specific. And the whole end game of this show is they want Omega yeah. to be emotional manipulation, to threaten her to get Nala to do X. And we don't know exactly what X is yet. Mm-hmm. Do you think Tarkin does? I, this is a great question. Has he been to Exegol is what you're asking me? Has he set up, <laughs> you know, hey, we've just scouted out potential locations, uh, Sheev. Um, I I think he, in overall, in an overall way he does. But what I like about him showing up in the show and the way he's, he's, he's been brought in, like you just said, he's, he's not the villain. He, he shows up. It just reminds me that he's, you know, he's got his, he's got his hands and everything, but from an over, over, overview position. Am, am I putting it past Palpatine or anyone in the Empire to do something behind his back? No, but it just seems like, to me, I think he has a general understanding of what's going on. And what, I don't quite know. Is it tied to the bigger things? I know a lot of people want it to be. I wouldn't mind that either. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I, I think he has I think he has control, but maybe never as much as he has time for. He doesn't have time for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I'm, re- I'm getting into the real weeds of the administrative duties. <laughs> daily schedule of Tarkin. That's kind of where my mind's going. Yeah, I think he, he's taking care. He's taking care of everything, and things are getting set up right. We're, we'll talk yeah. more about this advanced science division. He's, mm-hmm. he's overseeing the stormtrooper program. He's overseeing the early steps of the construction of the Death Star. Right? Yeah, he is. He's he's kind of uh, got his fingers in everything. Right? Is the uh, is the everything spreads out across the galaxy? Um, I, I think I'm open to the idea that Nala Say understands that Palpatine wants to push cloning into something, into, into territories that are unnatural and untested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think like, I don't think Nala Say knows, ah, he, oh, I get it. I get it. He's going to die. And he's going to do that force thing where he right. throws his body into it. Like, I don't think Nala Say, Say knows that. I don't think right. Sheev called Tarkin in. is like, Wilhoff, 
look, here, here's the deal. I'm going to throw my body into a clone. I need like eight of them. They need to be able to withstand. Uh, the body needs to be strong enough for my, you know, essence to not corrode it. Init- like, I don't yeah. think any of them know the plot of, no. you know, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, not saying it's that explicit. I think it's more just like those, the, either the, it's those baby steps. Like, mm-hmm. he, he is trying to get Nala say to do something unnatural, to yeah. recreate a living a, a being that already exists kind mm-hmm. of thing, uh, which I guess is what the clones are of, of Jango Fett. They're modified clones. Yeah, yeah but I, I know what you mean. Like beyond the scope, beyond the purpose of, of what it's for or whatever. Yeah. Beyond what it, the purpose of what it's for or with different specifications or yeah, yeah, yeah. that we, kind of thing. We, we described Sheev in our Q&A uh, uh, episode up, uh, upcoming that I don't want to spoil, but there's a, a good description of just uh, Sheev ain't right a little bit. Sheev ain't right. That's right. Um, yeah. So I, I think it could be he's, trying to get Nala to do something specific and unnatural. I think it could just be the, the big umbrella, but, you know, making armor out of Zilla beasts, you know, making new modified high end clones, whatever. Um, it could just be the Imperial war machine. It could be that much of an umbrella thing. I also think that there is a possibility that it is a specific, not helping cloning himself, but something specific that maybe the bad batch can stop. So they kind of have a win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like that actually a lot. I think yeah, obviously, we know cloning rolls on. Uh, you yeah. know, it, it, it's it's still going. Uh, it ties into the sequel era. We we've yeah. got Doctor Pershing in Mandalorian. It's not like I don't think they're gonna like we blew up Tantus and we stopped everything. Uh, but maybe they put a dent in it, and maybe they stop one specific thing that is them taking their agency back. If he wants one more, if he wants to use the clones one more time, which is why they're there to be experimented on. And he stops, and they stop that. It could be a victory for them. So I really like that because you and I are, just, are, are wondering, hey, could could you possibly end the show after two seasons in this particular chapter? And I think there's some some evidence to that too. But but the, the omega of all is the dang is dangling, and, and and I think you do want to give him win. You don't want to end. I you you wouldn't want to end a series on they go to the shore and stare out at that wave with crosshair, and then just nothing else. Not that I need everything resolved because the story in Star Wars goes on clearly. But I like what you're suggesting that there is some sort of win and i don't mean to put it in uh, binary wins and losses but just that there is something that happens <laughs> that yeah. they solve, that they're a part of and then they can continue with their emotional journey yeah no i really yeah I, now i'm thinking too about how much it was set up in the beginning of like uh mm-hmm. everybody on camino lamasu was convinced that they could offer a, a new better clone Mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. uh the empire and that would keep them on board so like i like the idea that the empire wiped out camino took their technology like we still want that new better clone which is maybe they just do want like uh they want the super soldier captain america they want right, uh, right. uh they will they want one totally obedient clone who is as strong as wrecker is connected to nature as hunter greatest shot as crosshair you know mm-hmm. like we we want you know we want all the, the bad batch in one and totally obedient to, to Palpatine. Maybe that's the the thing because that would really give identity to the to the clones to say, mm-hmm. no, we happened naturally. We occurred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. We're not going to be manufactured I like that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so moving on from Tarkin and lots of fun cloning speculation, uh, we have the uh, the other clones uh, that pop up. Um, Hauser is uh, from the first season of Bad Batch. He defied the Empire on Ryloth to help uh, Cham Syndulla. Uh, escape and mm-hmm. uh, had a had a bond there and and uh, agreed that it wasn't fair that the empire is 
not following through on the agreement that they made when they were Republic to leave <laughs> Ryloth. Uh, so that was one of our first signs of, uh, of other clones really defying. Uh, Gregor uh, also pops up. He was rescued by Rex and the Bad Batch uh, from the planet Darrow uh, after mm-hmm. also deciding, hey, I don't want to do this. Um, <laughs> Nemec was another named clone who, uh, from my research, appears to be brand new. Uh, yeah. Also, Fireball. Uh, Fireball apparently did appear in an obscure Clone Wars book. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Legends one. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. So, what, yeah. what were your thoughts on seeing all those clones and their kind of history? Uh, here's what I do every time I hear the clone names. Oh, I know that one. I don't remember where, but Gregor, I do. <laughs> I do. Um, Nemec, that was a weird, uh, weird name choice, right? Post Andor, but this was yeah. it and it's spelled different. Uh, I looked at that. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I love it. It's 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 a reminder of all the clones we've met along the way, and and I love the connections, and I love seeing something go on, and and love knowing where some of them end up, Gregor and, and Rex and everything. So it's always great. Yeah, I really like having a mix of eh, here, here's an obscure one, here's one we've mm-hmm. never heard of, um, but then I, I was millions thrilled to see what's that. There's just millions of them, so it's great when new ones pop up to learn. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and how many nicknames can we get? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is the clone Stinky. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but seeing Gregor and Hauser again was one of those like, oh, awesome. That's great. Also, oh, the more every little thread <laughs> from the show comes together, the yeah. more I fear the end. Yeah. 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 And they're yeah. there, too. Yeah. And they're there, too. Uh, let's talk about the planet that uh, Hauser and his men were originally on as they were being taken to uh, Tantus, mm-hmm. uh, Mount Tantus. Uh, they were on the planet Balmora, uh, which has a history, uh, not not uh, a, an extensive one, but it has history in canon and legends, if you look it up on Wikipedia, of being a foundry planet where uh, ships and machinery is made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that struck me is, you know, we didn't hear a lot about the conditions there, mm-hmm. um, but we heard from Hauser that several of his men didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Are, are are they already in full Narkina Five mode? Are those clones working to build the Imperial War Machine? What do you think? I hundred percent think that. I mean, absolutely. At this point, it makes so much sense. Um, and Narkina Five is running pretty smooth when we go there, so it's been around for a bit. I think. Yeah, I, I think this might have been something uh, Palpatine was. It was part of his, uh, um, you know, his presentation. He he had some some. Uh, key art made you know when he's presenting it to everyone when we switch over we're this is how we also get it made i absolutely think so yeah yeah i like that uh th- there wasn't necessarily room to focus on that to focus on what is what is being done to the clones in this you know off mm-hmm. off off list black site of mount tantis but i liked a little bit of the insinuation that it's it's not just they're not just in a little facility <laughs> it's yeah. brutal uh speaking of brutal uh, the actor Ben Diskin was in the credits, uh, which suddenly made me go, oh, right, AZ3. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that Sid still has AZ3. So my, my question for you is, is it possible that there is a season three of Bad Batch and it's the story of Omega trying to rescue AZ3 from Sid? You got go picture for me. Uh, I think we got to, we sort of saw some dangling stuff with Sid. Is she going to get some comeuppance? Does she turn on them, turn them in, anything, anything like that? Um, so yeah, I, I let's just like we did not want to leave no gonky left behind, no AZ left behind. Yeah. So you, you, you'd be down for a rescue of AZ three. Yep. At least a movie. I mean, movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they, if, if Sid does have a, a change of heart and it's a heroic moment of, you know, 
Sid in, in battle armor in AC3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bursting yeah. through the wall. All right. Uh, a couple other canon things here to discuss. We'll keep it moving. Uh, this advanced science division, a clandestine operation, no record of its location or purpose. Uh, according to my, uh, my searches on, on Wikipedia, that is a, a new idea, but it is uh, maybe connected to the Advanced Weapons Research Division under Krennic's direction. How do you feel about uh, about the existence of this, about its possible connection to, to other uh, black ops within the Empire? I love it. I know this is what would happen. And I want to see a scene of young Krennic applying for a job or something here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, Palpatine's uh, resources run pretty deep. And and why not have a bunch of shadowy things? I know a lot of people enjoying uh, Tantus and it being uh, uh, featured here from uh, what air the empire and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun, but yeah, no, I, I think I absolutely think it's all, all connected in that, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So sense. Yeah. And I'm, this is not a, in Krennic's going to show up in, in the finale. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah. More of that picture of the early empire. Uh, you know, what happens throughout the entire uh, empire is apparently now a lot of chomping on electro death teeth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I put that down too. another one bites the dust. Oh, Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. There was the assassin clone earlier. Uh, I believe this one was uh, Captain Pierce. Um, I forgot. I thought that you and I were just joking by calling him Lieutenant Bosch uh, from <laughs> Titus Willever from Mandalorian. Uh, but he doesn't have a name, so I guess we keep get to keep calling him. I, I don't remember what his rank was. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's funny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I like it. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's great. Uh, speaking of horrible things, uh, how did it affect you to see an ITO droid doing some actual interrogation? How did you feel about that that needle <laughs> that's just an earth syringe glued to a scary death ball? Uh, the thing that I feel would be ruthlessly mocked if it was new today uh, uh-huh. that people are okay with back, back in the day. Oh, uh, you're so I- right. How do you feel about that? Uh, getting some horrific actual action. I had a, a great reaction to it uh, because first, again, you are very right. If that showed up today, you telling me that Kathleen Kennedy approved a syringe on a ball, burn it all down, get in my car, I'm angry. You, you absolutely know that. <laughs> absolutely know that. True. Um, but what I like, I think wanted to me, and I can't recall if we've seen it before. All right. Um, uh, the ITO droid in actual action. And I'm talking about seeing, maybe not, not reading, none of the, see, I cannot recall. Um, but this is a l- up there with Yoda's origins that I almost don't want the full answer. So we got very, we, we saw it in action. You're right. Mm-hmm. But I've always wondered, how does that syringe even reach anybody? <laughs> What's it doing? And what other tools does it have? Um, and again, there might be some books. I know that, you know, the uh, Alphabet Squadron has the ITO droid to, turned into a therapy droid so to speak um i i love seeing it. so i actually was laughing in an intense scene of like oh okay we're seeing it we're seeing it actually kind of uh do its do its duty yeah i i really loved it seeing it because i i love uh the weirdness of that droid i love the consistency i love the character in alphabet squadron that it was mm-hmm. trying to resist uh its program it was what was a therapy droid helping people but then those couple of scenes were like the syringe is shaking because the droid still has the instinct to use it uh, to get the answers it wants um great great stuff in there i haven't read splinter the mind's eye in a million years uh the original uh Mm. legends book um 
but I remember from from reading it that Leia does reflect on her torture a lot, and I can't remember how specific that gets. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I remember her reflecting on her her torture and it being played up as like, yeah, no, it, a new hope zips by, and we know that her resistance to the mind probe is impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. We know not great things are happening, uh, but even as far back as Splinter the Mind's Eye, uh, it was being treated as something truly awful and horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it was kind of amazing to see like, yep, that's probably what the, what the old mind probe did, did to Leia. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, last thing that I wanted to talk about, um, is, uh, Hemlock's one black glove. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. there's so much about Hemlock that the, the performance that everybody has really uh, highlighted from Jimmy Simpson, extremely effective, creepy, love to hate him. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, he's so pulpy, Dr. Royce Hemlock. And even though the performance mm. is is fresh and great, it is of a heritage of yeah. the whispered evil villain. It feels like he's going to start, you know, taunting Clarice about the, <laughs> the lambs, right? You know, yeah. there, there's a there's a uh, a genre pulpy heritage to it. And I'm not criticizing the performance. Mm. Uh, and the black glove like seals the deal. Spooky scientist expelled from the Republic Science Corps yeah, due to his yeah. unorthodox and unauthorized experiments. Uh, I just want to kind of highlight that that canon of certainly seen black gloves before. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you make out of that besides just aesthetics for the character? There there is a shot of you know after Tarkin leaves the office, I believe, where he's like massaging it like it's still in pain or it's a mm-hmm. memory of something. I, where do you go with that? If, 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 yeah, a a mod gone wrong, an experiment on himself gone wrong, trying to make himself stronger. Um, Maybe it's not a, you know, maybe it's a metalhead. Maybe it's all that. That's where I look. That's combining that with, I was expelled from school from uh, the experiments. Um, It's uh, that kind of thing works for me. It's definitely an aesthetic and it's fun, but, but the fact that uh, you don't just want to put a glove on him. You want him to rub his hand. (laughs) Like There's a lot of pain (laughs) contained with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't need an answer. And, you know, it's probably too on the nose to be like, yeah, he, his hand was shot by a clone, yeah. um, you know, but maybe he has some history with clones or maybe he is just like totally like uh, I'm in this business, but they're mm-hmm. unnatural. You know, they're yeah. not they, they they're weird. They think they have sentience, but they're wrong. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I get he, he, I get the vibe that he might have those level of beliefs. But I, almost with the 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 black glove, right? I mean, there's so much symbolism with with Luke, and I, I don't think it's trying to call any anything out or making any compare or contrast directly. Mm-hmm. But the way he's massaging it almost feel feels like, hey, maybe maybe he actually did have some legitimate you know problem with his hand, and he grew himself one, and it's not quite right. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, three thumbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta mm-hmm. cover my thumbs with this black glove yeah uh all right that was it for me for canon anything else for you no 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 you hit you hit all of it great job as always uh, i definitely wanted to get the uh cyanide capsule thing it's so fun to see it pop up i guess yeah mm-hmm. yeah electro cyanide yeah yeah. Anything that you disliked or questioned in this episode? No, no, not at all. I think there's a little bit of, like you said, there's, there's, uh, let's move some pieces into place, and we got this great setup for the final episodes. We're gonna experience that, and, and I think this episode did uh, you pull in a lot of not just the characters and places, but a lot of the lessons, and it's putting it to a very, very nice, fine point that we're gonna hopefully, um, hopefully get more of. I want another season. I know you do too, but I think there's just a lot of things uh, coming home here for at least this chapter of the story. 
Yeah, no, I really, really agree. It really feels like so many things coming together. Like, can they trust Crosshair? Will What will they give to rescue Crosshair? Can they keep Omega safe? What is the legacy of Kamino? What are they actually building there? And is if all of that wasn't enough to be building to this big climax, will they stay on Pabu? And, oh, let's just throw a summit in there, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's like being in a horror movie and going like, well, we're going to throw a party. And like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, so, yeah, yeah. So all roads lead to the summit. The summit. Yeah. So excited to see how it all comes together. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? No, no. Let's get to the end game. Let's get to the finish line. Yeah, exactly. Um, very curious to see if we've wasted precious minutes on this podcast talking about the if there'll be a season three when there could be an announcement by the time we release this episode. But if there is a season three, uh, would you accept just a, a gentle sitcom on Pabu? <laughs> Absolutely. That's where I'd want to go. Let's go. We, uh, you know, let's spend some time there. And Crosshair, he moves there and he's having a tough time adjusting, but he wants to stay. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> there's a British sit, uh, sitcom called The Last of the Summer Wine that I haven't watched a ton of, but it's the... Uh, it's just about older people, you know, uh, still trying to enjoy life in a peaceful yeah. village. And uh, one of the characters is a, a, a World War II veteran who kind of can't leave it in the past. And one of the comedy beats is uh, in the first episode is him walking into a library and going, do you have any books on silent killing? <laughs> <laughs> and that seems like a crosshair in a crosshair. sitcom to me. Yeah, and it all, it all leads to the tech fee wedding at the end of the season. Just bought a very <laughs> special Bad Batch. The wedding we've been waiting for. Yeah. Oh, and just all the physical comedy with uh, mm-hmm. EZ3 and Omega trying yep. trying to orchestrate the wedding of tech and fee. I'll take it. I'll yeah, take indeed. it. Indeed. Uh, if you could have a figure or merch of any character from this episode, who or what do you want? Look, the fine folks at Gentle Giant have uh, been putting out those... Uh, Great uh, statues, a lot of, uh, they have a great wrecker one. They have a couple of them. So I want another wrecker one. And it's with the big fish on his shoulder and a big smile. It's just wrecker ghost fishing, limited edition statue. You know what? We're we're on the same page. Uh, I need uh, a deluxe wrecker, a uh, mm-hmm. vintage collection, a deluxe wrecker that comes in a box with a big fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I do, I do, I'll tell you what I do want. A, a big Lego set. I do want the, the, the Pabu play set. You know what? That's one of the only things we've talked about that could probably have good chance of actually being made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You finally named one that'll probably actually yeah, be made. One of the big sets, you know, four hundred dollars price to go. Uh, you know, <laughs> clear some shelf space. <laughs> Comes with Mister Inta. Amazing. All right, you want to let people know where they can find us? Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Bad Batch Report this entire season. Two more episodes to go. You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and Facebook as well, Force Center Podcast. Hive Social if you're still over there. I know a lot of you are. And then don't forget, uh, we are also on YouTube. Subscribe over there. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss videos, shorts, live streams, all those kind of things going on over there. You can find the podcast in a lot of spots, including Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. Uh, some uh, refined uh, new tier, not new tiers, but refined tiers, some merch goals, and an overall goal that we're building for to put some uh, new Jennifer Landa content uh, out in the world based on some work she'd done before. So uh, check that out there. You can follow me at Ken Knapsack. Go to my website, kennapsack.com for more. You, sir. 
Yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Instagram in particular I'm trying to build up, but I'm also still on Twitter, uh, on Mastodon, uh, on TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my short films and some comedy on my web, not my website, uh, it's there too, but <laughs> YouTube. Where do people find one another these days? Why don't we all just live on Pabu? Anyway, you can check out my YouTube channel by searching for Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, one programming note for The Bad Batch. Um, mm-hmm. Next Wednesday, we'll, we'll have a big episode of The Mandalorian, and we'll have the big two-part finale of The Bad Batch. We don't have screeners for those last two episodes, and we really want to give Bad Batch its due. So, like always, we're going to be recording our Mandalorian episode and releasing it on Wednesday. And then uh, on Thursday, we're going to record our Bad Batch episode, and, and it'll be out uh, later afternoon Pacific time. We'd love to be able to get it out uh, on Wednesday, but we really just want to be able to give bad batches do have time to take in the episodes and and not feel like we're we're rushing it <laughs> mm-hmm. and trying to remember which beat was from mandalorian which beat was from bad batch and all, all that kind of stuff so that's yeah. our programming announcement any thoughts on that ken uh no I, I i the only you know the only grumpiness is is i just really wish bad batch had its day in the sun we had moved originally supposed to be in september last year they moved it up to, to this year um not here to criticize thoughts. I don't know all the research, but uh, here we are, and we're going to do our best to uh, shine, get the shine going on Bad Batch. That is right. So we will be back for one more big Bad Batch report. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Wreckers Fish, this has been the Bad Batch Report. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.